take an opportunity in your life and say, I want to get myself from a physical standpoint in the best shape of my life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a bodybuilding competition. It could be like, hey, I want to run a marathon. I want to do something. Because the thing you learn about yourself, you can never, ever take away. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward. Don't slap me, Copeland. Wow, did you just say that? <laughs> oh, just, you know, you got to put things out there. You got to protect oh yourself God. by any means necessary. Protect so your face. Everything's happening online right now about the whole Will Smith thing. But there's lots of people in the camp of don't give celebrities more attention than they already have. Lots of people think it was staged and people shouldn't even be wasting their time talking about it. What are your thoughts? Um, quickly I, I think it's exciting i think it's what? I think, you're no, so I'm just, dramatic I'm just yeah i don't know about the whole stage thing i think that's I, like I, a conspiracy I don't, theory. yeah i don't understand why they would stage anything like that but yeah I, I mean i get it people i get where people coming from saying they don't want to give more celebrities more attention but it is a, a, a significant thing that happened it is very interesting and you know so much jokes i you know the, the crazy thing is is like when crazy things happen now there's so many creative people out there. They create like the memes, memes. started five minutes later, and, yeah, and then the next day it was the skits. Oh, the skits yeah. were like the the best, and Acting so out, this is coming out like a like you know a week or so after the whole event. So, mm-hmm. but it's just but we're re- recording it two days after <laughs> yeah, it's so, happened. Yeah. So it's pretty fresh in our minds. But uh, but a lot of people are like, who cares? Like, let's talk about real news. This is stupid. You know, it's celebrity gossip. Right. Like right. whatever. The thing that I'll just address with us is like we're those people who we look at things with an open mind. We give people grace. And mm-hmm. and I think that's what we do with everyone, this included, right? Which well, is yeah. like, dang, he must have been at a breaking point for him to get up and do something like that. And I got to say, I'm a big Will Smith fan. You are too. Right. I read his book a couple months ago. It's called Will, I think. Yep, yep. And it was really good. I mean, yeah. he was really vulnerable. Fantastic book opens up about like his whole journey to like enlightenment, you know, went to Peru, did ayahuasca, like just to like work on his inner demons. And so of all the celebrities out there, I feel like after reading that book, I felt connected to his story, his journey, his vulnerability. And so, yeah, I'm a fan. I was sad to see that happen. That was like super shocking. But you also like after you read something like that, because rarely do we get insight to how a person got to where they got to. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is like their journey, their story, their background gives you insight to kind of how they think. And so after you read that, you kind of get an understanding of why he slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. Right. Uh-huh. Um, not that you 
condone it or or think it is the right thing to do. No, not that you condone it. No, not that I don't. Oh, you condone it. Well, you said you're laughing like it's funny. You're very entertained by it. Oh, because I've gotten past the shock piece. (laughs) and They're both very successful individuals. They will get over it. So Mm -hmm. for me, it's more humorous because Mm -hmm. it, it happened. But what I was getting to is that like when you understand people or when you th- you have a, a little bit of a background on someone, then you know kind of how they got there, mm-hmm. right? And so you don't condone it, but the, the seeking to understand is super powerful. And I think that's what you were alluding to is like we give grace to give a place to understanding. And I heard a quote a while ago that I thought fit that moment very well. Uh, Dave Chappelle did a whole comedy thing. Mm-hmm. And he said that in his skit, he said something very powerful. He said, I am a human having a human experience. Mm-hmm. And to me, that that solidifies like humans are going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be perfect. They're mm-hmm. going to do things that are out of control, crazy, whatever the case may be. And yes, there's consequences. And yes, people need to pay the, the consequences for whatever they do. But everyone deserves an opportunity to be understood. Mm-hmm. And I think when you understand someone, you, you kind of understand how they got there. And you still can hold them accountable, but you at least can say, I get it. Yeah. I I hear you. I see you. Well, I think the reason we give grace is because we have both been very flawed individuals and will continue to be flawed. Right. right? And there's times where when we weren't super enlightened and calm and really good with communication that, you know, we reacted in ways that were not favorable. We have never had any sort of violence, just so we're (laughs) clear. But like the last time um, you slapped me, remember that? But but that's the thing. Like, I bet 95 percent of the people listening to this podcast episode could hand over heart, say, yeah. I've done some pretty bad things that I regret that I'm remorseful for. The issue is, is that you didn't also have to accept an an Oscar and you didn't do that bad thing on television in front of millions of viewers. And then you weren't all over the tabloids for weeks or months to come. And so I don't know. I think this is a call for people to just be graceful and just like ask yourself, like, what is it? The Bible verse, like he who throws stones, (laughs) you know what I'm trying to say? (laughs) Cast the first stone, something. Don't throw stones. Too much much, uh, handmaid's tale. tale. But no, you're right. And I think it's interesting because if everyone who's listening to this, like every one of you, if you were to go through your entire life, I don't care if you're 20, 30, 40, 50 years old, and you said, okay, the worst moments, the worst decisions I've ever made would be televised. Mm-hmm. I'd be but, in jail. <laughs> I'm just. I mean, many people have done some really stupid shit. Yeah. Right. And if someone had a camera and if someone was filming them yeah. and if they had significance in the world because of a celebrity right. or talent or skill, like, I think that they would change their tune. But I, I look online and so many people are judging. Yeah. Right. And you go, mm-hmm. you act like you have right. never done something stupid. So that's point number one is that like stop being so judgy with your judging yes. ass. Right. Like be graceful. You've made mistakes. Point two, I think it's fair to say we are big people of consequence. Like yeah. I feel like he should have been escorted out. Yeah. I feel like he should not have had the ability to like sit there and continue to enjoy the show and then have the time to go up and receive, you know, an award, which also conversely, I don't think one bad mistake as catastrophic as it was, let's be real. It's assault, right? Right. I don't think that that should wipe away decades of accomplishment and achievement and greatness. Right. But I do think that there should be consequence. Right. And the other thing is, is like, 
I do think it matters who it was, Mm -hmm. right? Because like it was Will Smith. He's highly regarded. He's somewhat educated. He's articulate. Like he does a lot of great things in the world. People like him. People like him. Regardless of what race you are, you generally like Will Smith, right? Right. But there wasn't a a huge like security didn't come and say, (laughs) excuse me, sir, you just assaulted someone (laughs) on a live award show. We're going to have to ask you to leave. I think that was the first time I told you, I said, I think this is the first time where I saw black excellence privilege. Right. (laughs) Because let's be real, like if it was Tupac, let's just say, who went to the awards, right? 50 Cent, the game, Game, someone who is looked at in a different different light, you might think they're, you know, a little bit of thug, a little bit of hood. We invited you to the Oscars and now look at you. You didn't hit someone. (laughs) Now we're escorting you out. Like I'm feeling like on the walkies, they would have been like security, like go get him now. And they would have escorted him out. It would have been a big thing. So I was appalled that that didn't happen. Like you should be escorted out if you're going to insult someone. Next, there's all these memes about like, well, would he have slapped Betty White like that? Mm, I think not. (laughs) I just (laughs) don't think Betty White would have made that joke. Yeah, I don't think Billy Crystal would have made that joke either, right? And so, just things to consider. Like, obviously, it it happened how how it did, but there's so many opinions on all of this, and I just think it's really funny. And it is what it is, and I'm thankful it's not us. But I'm gonna just say this lastly, so you guys can judge me. We all are coming at this with an opinion from our experience with either a loved one or your spouse or whatever. So immediately you and I go to Grace and you looked at me and you said, if you've been battling hair loss Mm -hmm. and every night you're crying to me and I know that it's your biggest insecurity, I probably would have slapped the shit out of him too. Not only that, but I'm gonna ask him to it. Not only are you crying to me every single night, like your eyebrows, your you know all the yeah. your hair and your mm-hmm. body is, is slowly falling off. It's like melting away, yeah. and you're not an accountant; you are an actress, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So your livelihood, you're seeing it's fall publicly, publicly. Mm-hmm. But like my beauty, your, your is beauty, slipping. like everything that you've that you've utilized or you've leveraged mm-hmm. for this career of yours is now literally melting away, right? And like, I'm crying to you every night about it. Right. Like, you know it's my biggest insecurity. It's gonna be, right. And, and people are like, well, she, you know, she talks about it openly. Yeah, she's being vulnerable. She's putting it out there. She she's still probably she's also, cries. Yeah, she also is like trying to make sure that other people who struggle with alopecia can right. say, like, hey, you like I I see you. Well, she has to be the voice because it's evident, right? Right. right. And so then like it's just like I, that's to me like I would be well heightened. you said it you I, said I probably would have slapped the shit yeah, out of I too. Been, and I, it made me love you more I'm not gonna lie so this is the last thing I'll say is that again we're all having opinions based on our own experiences being honest and vulnerable some of the problems we've had in our marriage have been because I didn't feel that you had my back right and so when you said that it made me like oh I love you right and right. then I thought to myself You know, every woman wants a husband that will have their back like that. Again, I don't condone slapping someone in the (laughs) face. I don't ever condone violence. I'm like getting arrested. But because it triggers me, but because it triggers me as a wife, you know, as someone who has felt at times like you didn't have my back. If you did that on my behalf because that was the biggest insecurity, I feel like it would be so appreciated. Right, Right. Right. That you had my back in a time. That was public and it was bad and we probably have to pay fines (laughs) and 
make apologies publicly. And so I just want to leave you with that. It's a perspective that, you know, I mean, it's just another damn opinion. Let's be real. But I just these are the kinds of conversations that when stuff like this happens and the world is talking about it, I think we're really good at, well, let's be open minded to this. And, you know, can anything in my life relate to this? And have I been perfect? And, you know, how does this make me feel? So just think about that as you're a human moving forward in the world before you dive into gossip. Like know that you are only able to contribute to the conversation based on your experiences in life. Yeah. And the and last thing I'll say about this is I think when we see things like this publicly, when we see celebrities, when we see individuals make mistakes, I think it's an opportunity to like self-reflect mm-hmm. and to look at yourself from a standpoint of like knowing that you are a flawed individual. And we made a joke about like uh, on our one of our call or I said in a joke, I said, who would you be willing to slap for, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I would slap someone for you, uh-huh. right? But it, it also makes you think like, what would get someone to get to that place, mm-hmm. right? And and I think that's what we did is we kind of self-reflected. And I said, yeah, I think, like I, I understand that heightened emotion. Mm-hmm. You take everything that's going on that night and you say, someone says a joke and apparently, I don't know if it's true or not, but he talked to him and said, don't go there. Mm-hmm. And he went there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it would be something I would, I can see like a flash of anger going, okay, right. I got I to snap. And lastly, <laughs> in the book, you know, he opens with the fact that he saw his dad hit his mom when he was a kid. And it's become one of the biggest things in life, his biggest regret, because he's felt secretly like a coward his whole life right. that he didn't have his mom's back. And so if you know that everybody has some sort of childhood trauma, everyone has something that they're going to counseling for, everybody's working on something, having those facts, I think, just gives you the amount of grace that you need to apply to the situation. Again, don't condone violence. However, I do think that there should have been consequences. And conversely, I can hold the same belief that, you know, let's be graceful. Yeah, I think. And so for people listening to this, you can hold to opinions Mm -hmm. you can hold an opinion saying i don't agree but i understand i see how he got there but Mm -hmm. i still think there's consequences you're a very highly capable smart individual listening to the push podcast (laughs) you can actually hold two thoughts about something right which people for whatever reason feel like they cannot do yeah (laughs) moving on my what in the world is american express We have openly (laughs) talked about american express we rack up tons of points both for business for personal We love the American Express Lounge. Maybe someone who's working for an American Express will be listening to this. But I was trying to book some travel because Jordan and I are going to be going to uh, New York to go check out colleges. And I was like talking to the representative and I said, oh, I want to use my points. And she said, oh, okay, well, um, is Edward Copeland around? And I go, why does he need to be around? And she's like, oh, because they're actually his points. And I said, no, they're not, actually. Um, Actually, it's my points, lady. My business, my points, my this, right? And I just got like defensive about it. Mm -hmm. Not that I went off on her, but I was like, no, I don't think you understand. My social's on the account. It's equally my account. I have a password too. Like I spend most of the money on the account. And she goes, well, we're going to have to get them on the line. So I immediately call you and I'm like, honey, they need to talk to you in order to let me spend my points. And I love you for having my back. You said, "Um, they're not actually my points. They're our points. (laughs) So I want to shout you out for that. And she goes, yeah, well, you're the one that opened the account and she's just on your account. And immediately I was like, oh, hell no. I need my own shit. I I don't want anybody trying to control (laughs) 
what kind of how, points, how, where I'm standing. That, I was so upset. Can I just say this? It is impossible for two people to sign up for something at the same time. <laughs> like, like, how else could you have done it? What do you right. mean? Like, I was the one who initiated it because right. I was starting our account. Right. But you, but you also needed my social <laughs> yes, and my let's... signature and my bank information right, and everything right. else. And then you sent me my card and all this <laughs> shit. And you could see my card usually makes all the purchases. So right. now you want to tell me these points are my husband's. Oh, I was so livid about it. I was never rude to her. But I was like, this is bad. Like, do you not want to be a feminist? What's wrong with you? So that's my plea for American Express. Like, get it together. It is impossible Wait. for two people to sign up for the same account and carry the same points. Like, <laughs> then don't put two people on the same account. Right. Like, it's, it, was a, it was a dumb thing. Who do I send a letter uh, to? Can I just tell you? What? So my one in the world, and we'll get into the episode, I promise. <laughs> You'll be disappointed in me. I so, will be yeah, disappointed in you. I, I, you know, I normally am a good Samaritan, right? <laughs> what did you do? It's not, it, it was in action. That's what I, it's what I didn't do. Oh. So I went to my car, because uh, I have to go to my car to unplug it and plug it in, all mm-hmm. that stuff, right? While at work. While at work, mm-hmm. right? So I walked to the garage and I saw- Wait, like, the garage, the parking the garage. The parking garage. Okay. And I noticed that a, the car next to me, their hood or the trunk mm-hmm. was wide open. Mm-hmm. Like it was like a hatchback. Mm-hmm. And so I looked, I kind of looked around. I was like, no one's around. But I was like, uh, should I close it? Do mm-hmm. I want to be that person? What if they, like, what if someone gets the wrong idea? What if, what if they, like, left it open because for they whatever reason, and they didn't have a key, mm-hmm. they can't, like, a, a whole bunch of different mm-hmm. things. And so I didn't close it. So you left it open. <laughs> left it open. Uh-huh. And, and it bothered me for hours because oh I was God. like, I said, I should have closed that trunk. Uh-huh. I'm like, somebody probably stole something out of that person's car. I could have prevented it. Mm-hmm. They're going to, you know, the camera system uh, for the I garage. I thought you were going to say it was one of your employees came in crying that their car got, <laughs> you know, you? oh my God. Then I'd say you should feel bad. But if you don't even know what happened, walk away no, from I, that thought. Yeah. Well, I, it just, it bogged me down. I just had to, I had to. Do you know how pissed somebody <laughs> might be? They see you close it and they're like, no. That's all I thought. I was like, yeah. I was like, I was like, there may be a reason why they right. left it open. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people I, are like, listening to this. They're like, mind your business. Yeah, like, like you don't yeah. need to be worried. But you about know me, that. I'm like, oh, I closed it. Yeah, you know, but you like, didn't. I didn't. Yeah, and I felt horrible. I forgive you, baby. All right, I, I think they do too. Um, can I just share one more really quick? Yeah, this is us, Kate. I'm really pissed at you. <laughs> I don't want to give it away. Why are you on her Kate's head hard? I just, I can't even say what I want to say, but. Kate, I just don't want you to be a victim anymore. I mm-hmm. want you to take control of your life. I want you to get it together. <laughs> I want you to start a diet with us. And I want you to just like stop being so damn mean to Toby. Like he's <laughs> doing the best that he can. And all of a sudden you guys can't get along. Right. And it's just a lot for me. So anyways, that's it. Moving into this week's episode. <laughs> you have to get that off your chest. I huh? did. Um, moving into this week's episode. So this title is called Y'all, we need to lose 20 pounds. 20 pounds. And we're going to be talking to you quickly about our journey through fitness and health and all that stuff. So, yeah, I'll throw it over to you. How do you yeah, want to so start it? So, you know, we have on the Push Podcast, we've talked a lot about mental health, mm-hmm. right? And we'll, we'll continue to talk about mental health because that's a big deal. We talked about whether it be your mindset or we had a therapist on here. So, but we really haven't got into like health and fitness. Your body. Right? Or your body. Mm-hmm. and. And, you know, we've had a pretty good pass and, and, and we're going to, you know, put some of that knowledge to work now as we try to lose weight in this next 30 days. As you, if you heard in the last episode, we talked about 
uh, doing anything, how you do anything in 30 days. And so our goal is to lose 20 pounds in 30 days. Mm-hmm. 10 pounds each, right? Or am I losing yeah. 20 pounds too? Because I don't know if I can. Well, you're lo- losing 10 in the first month and okay. I am too. All right. So but can I just say that's going to be so hard for me because as I get older, like it's just tough. Like I eat healthy mm-hmm. daily. We eat right. healthy daily. You can do this. I can, I, I no, I, I get it, but <laughs> let me get to it. So I, we work out you know, five times a week. We eat healthy. Like we just had tacos right now and we made broccoli. Like we eat relatively healthy. So I've been telling people lately, if I want to lose weight, I have to drastically do something to my diet to like cut out mm-hmm. stuff that I enjoy. Yeah, but no, I see the, that's crazy. Don't tell me what my body has to I do. I have watched you for years <laughs> and you know and I know that it is the frequency in how you eat. It's not necessarily Yeah, Eddie thinks I don't eat enough, which she is not maybe. true. Anyways, so how do we get here? So one of the things that we we thought about and we chatted about was people are listening to this and and they have a couple things up against them, right? Mm-hmm. They may have young kids. We were there before mm-hmm. when the kids were young. I think we worked, worked out zero times, mm-hmm. right? And so even when you were pregnant with Jordan and the day you had Jordan, I weighed 250 pounds. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yep. You were a little chub. I loved uh, you. That, oh, more no, to love. No, no, fat shaming on the Push Podcast? No, we have talked joking. about this before. I'm just joking. <laughs> you were. Um, so, yeah. So I weighed 250 pounds and then. But people don't know how much you normally weigh. So that's like. Well, they, they also I, might think you're 6'10". Yeah, no, I normally like at that time, my normal weight was about 225. OK. And then I gained like 25 pounds during during, well, during, okay, during I our 80, pregnancy. <laughs> I gained 80 pounds during our pregnancy. Right. And I weighed in on delivery day at 200 pounds solid right so uh, my question for you is mom to be so we're going to talk a little bit about about our history and fitness but let me ask you this if we were to do it all over again because i would probably say the first like five years of of our marriage we didn't really exercise Mm -hmm. would you agree yeah which is interesting though because when we were dating we went to the gym like we did we did that's because you were trying to get me to lose weight then um, no, I wasn't <laughs> trying to get you to, I was trying to get you to be healthy. Yeah. You liked fast food and pizza and sandwiches and stuff. And I was like hot girl body in my twenties. So anyways, we get married and then we put on some marriage weight. Yeah. And that was mostly due to the fact that we didn't have a routine. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in 2009, when we lost our jobs with Circuit City, Mind you, we worked retail and that was like 10 to 12 hours daily. So there wasn't a lot of fitness there. Plus, we had really small kids. But when we lost our jobs, you started working for 24 hour fitness. And I think that we had some times where we would work out from home. We would go to the gym like before then. Well, because we no, because here's what we did. So one of the things that we did was five years of really didn't exercise. And the reason for that is because I don't think we made it a priority, but we also didn't look at it from like a teamwork standpoint. Like we didn't say, no, no, hey, no. you go in the morning, I go at night and or whatever the case may be and we'll work it out. Yeah. Because if you were in a marriage right now and you have young kids and you haven't worked out uh, some type of exercise routine, by the time the kids are grown, if you don't figure it out, you can be vastly out of shape right. and unhealthy. And I do think that looking back, that's something that should have been a bigger priority for us. We should have worked better as a team. Like yeah. It would have been really helpful for me to say like, hey, this is when I'm going to go, but I want to help you and carve time out for you too. 
but you didn't. And so here I was breastfeeding and doing all this stuff. And if you did go to the gym, I was like resentful because I'm like, well, I've got this kid on my (laughs) boobs and everybody's waiting for dinner and I got to go grocery shop and do laundry. The last thing I have time to do is, you know, work out. Right. So if we would have worked together as a team and you would have given me permission to like go do that and take in something off of my plate, that would have been really helpful. Right. And I think learn from our mistakes. Yeah. And so I think when we talked about like on last episode, like time, I think if you are in a situation right now and you're in a partnership or marriage or whatever, you have to give the other person time Mm -hmm. and you have to give them permission to take that time to find an exercise routine. Because one of the things that I think we did a really good job with with the girls is we constantly communicated to them that every single human being has to have a fitness routine. Right. Every single human being. Like there's no such thing. That was when we finally woke up and started like really working on our fitness routine, our personal fitness routines. Then we started to instill that. Like I have pictures of them when they were four, six and eight doing squats with me with kettlebells outside by the pool. Like we would swim a lap and then we'd get out and we would do squats, you know. For a while, we were doing Insanity from home. and We got some really good results from that. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember Fab running outside and throwing up because it was so hard. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> it, Shanti. And it, we're the type of people, it's so, it's so crazy. We got into Insanity, and it became like the place everyone came to our right. house to do Insanity. Yep. Vecina. Like, we had yeah. like... Three rows of people in our house doing insanity. Remember, like mm-hmm. uh, even Angel came with like yep, her boyfriend at that did. time. One of the kids' moms from Jordan's school, her preschool, was like, "Oh my god, I've been wanting to do that. Can I come to your house and do it?" I'm like, <laughs> "Sure, I do it every day at 8 a.m." You know, so it was like a workout facility. And I want to say some days I would do it like twice just because we had all these visitors with visitor I, passes. Yeah, and I think that that is one of the things that that kind of got us to a place where we started to like be mm-hmm. teamwork because mm-hmm. we started to work out together. Right. And then at that point we started like holding each other accountable. Like, Hey, mm-hmm. we, you know, we're trying to be home. Cause we got to do insanity right. today. Cause insanity is one, the time is there mm-hmm. Two, You have like, it like is the tool because there's a freaking calendar mm-hmm. that you have to follow. And if you miss a day, you're messed up. Yeah. There's no turn it back. From and then that. it kind of like what I was saying was when you started working for 24 hour fitness, we are those people that, Again, we always kind of eat healthy, but we were like, let's see how it would be if we did vegan. I think we were vegan for maybe six or nine months or something. Right. I did not feel my best being vegan. You didn't either. We were eating like, you know, plant based protein, basically all this like processed crap. And we just did not feel my body was not thriving. I didn't feel my best at all. So we went from vegan to paleo. Yeah, because and, and that which is was the opposite, people. Right, which was the opposite, and and it was one of those things. And this is another thing I think that we would probably advocate. You need to try different types of right. diets mm-hmm. to really find out what, what works for you. Yeah, and when you feel your best, like so, we went from vegan to paleo. Paleo, just for those that don't know, is if it swam on the earth or walked on the earth, you eat it. Or or if it grew on the earth. (laughs) So swim, walk, grow uh, from the earth, then you can eat it. So that almonds, any sort of vegetable, fruit, any animal, but you just can't have anything processed. So like like we couldn't have, yeah, no dairy, no soy sauce. It's like amino acids, you know. So we went all clean, but it was all meat. And I dropped so much weight. 
Like yeah. I was like, whoa, my body needed this protein. Right. Whoa, I feel so energized. And we felt like brain wise quicker on our toes. And we felt really, really good. Yeah. And, it, and then <laughs> um, what happened after that? What happened after that was we went to a family reunion on my dad's side. My cousin Vicky, who was 60 years old at the time, has this banging body and I'm in my 30s. And so we meet with her and I, um, you know, at the family reunion, she's got a six pack sitting by the pool. And I'm like, OK, I, I remember saying to her, if you show up at our family reunion one more time looking like the hot grandma and I don't look as good as you, I'm going to kill myself. Like, why? <laughs> And she was like, you know, Janelle, the thing is, is most women go their entire lives without ever dedicating just a period of time to see how great they could feel and look mm. body wise if they just focused on themselves and their health and their body for just a short period of time. Right. And I just thought about it and it really hit me. I was like, yeah, she goes, especially if you become a mom, like every mom, you know, is kind of like, oh, back in the day, I used to look good till I started having kids. Right. And then you just don't ever focus just like a short period of time on what would happen if I focused on my health. Right. And so she's like, that's why I started bodybuilding, because I wanted to see what would happen if I just focused on my health and wellness. And she goes, it's my my fountain of youth. But I thought she told you, like, many people go their entire lives and never get to the best shape of their life. Yeah. I mean, it was right. that, but it was like, what would happen? Right. What would happen if, if you, you got, just got in the best shape of yeah. your life? Yeah. And I was like, God, that sounds great. I want to be in the best shape of my life or at least say that I did it for a year. You yeah. know, like one year, I'm 35 maybe at this point. So we did. So we went from paleo, we hired a coach. Well, what happened was we went, we saw her in Hollywood at a bodybuilding competition, realized right. that that was a whole world, saw these people winning awards. And I was like, God, what would, could you imagine me standing up there in three pieces of fabric, AKA a bikini and clear heels, like <laughs> on stage where I'm asking judges to judge my body? I would have to really get my shit together, right, you know? Right. And so we agreed together that we would use that as a starting point. And for one whole year, we trained, uh, worked with a coach, got in really great shape, which didn't feel like I was getting in really great shape at the time. Right. <laughs> she was so. I was so mad every <laughs> single week when we weighed in because my weight never went down. Right. Ever. And so when Eddie says, like, you should do something to like pay attention to the different diets to see how your body responds, my body, my physique was responding, but my, the numbers were not moving. So right. for an entire year, you guys, I did not have a cupcake. I did not have one single piece of fruit because fruit has sugar in it. And I was under strict guidelines to not have any sugar for a whole year. Do you know how much I love nectarines and pears? <laughs> I would just smell them in the produce department. And it was just really, really hard. Not to mention I'm in the bakery full time, coming up with flavors, asking my staff to taste them. I didn't eat my own product for an entire year. Yeah. Why? Because I had to put the three pieces of fabric on and the clear heels and walk out on stage and have my body judged. So I'll be damned if I was going to come up short for that. Well, it's so powerful what you just said. And I know no one caught this. What did I say, honey? So when you are trying to do something that you've never done before, you cannot use the same method of measurements that you've used before. Mm. 
And Preach. when you're trying to transform your body, the scale no longer can help you because you're building one thing while you're losing another. Yeah. Right. And so it's important that like you really hear that lesson in there because she was weighing herself, but her physique was changing. Her strength was changing. Like she was stronger. I remember taking a picture of her like making a bicep and her bicep was like bigger than Jason Johnson's. I was like, wow. Right. Right. And so you have to know that when you're doing something like that, where you're transforming your body because you're trying to see what you're made of, the old methods of measurements may not necessarily apply. And you've got to find a different way to measure your success. Otherwise, you're going to be pissing yourself off because mm-hmm. you're still trying to look at things that you looked at before. Well, I just remember. So my weight is was 147. Like when I started uh, paleo, right? You know, I was one. I was like 147 when I started competing. Sorry, I was 147. So that was my starting point, right? Through that time, I competed on Cake Wars. Didn't mm-hmm. know what the heck I served. You were like, ripped on Cake literally, Wars. Literally, I was so ripped, right? And I'm over here prepping, not eating anything. Well, I ate so much. I just wasn't eating sugar. Right. And so I just was so angry every week. I kind of feel like Jada might feel. I remember crying to you about like, I'm doing so much work and I'm doing all everything and I'm not losing any weight. And you just kept pacifying me, honey, stop looking at the scale, stop looking at the number, look at your body. And at the time I see myself every day, so I don't see anything changing. But looking back at the photos, like I remember, like I remember taking my first selfie where you could see my abs. Mm. I remember like my arms starting to cut up. But I also remember being so angry because I weighed 147. (laughs) Like the number literally, you guys, never went away. And on the day that I competed, I think I had to, I didn't have any water. Like you do this whole depletion thing. When I stepped on stage, I was like 143 pounds. Mm. So an entire year of bodybuilding, weightlifting, I won first place in all these, you know, competitions. And I I lost four pounds. Yeah. I was so angry. But also really, really proud when I won trophies. Right? Yeah. And, and it was powerful because, you know, I tell people when, when I ask, oh, you know, and when I tell it comes up, hey, I did a bodybuilding competition. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, God, you you just don't know what you learned about yourself mm-hmm. going through a process like that. The amount of discipline that you possess that you don't exercise all that much. Yeah. The amount of how consistent you can be when you have the right routine and when you're in action. Right. Mm-hmm. And so. That was Let alone a co- tools, tools, guidance, right? We know, had support. We had guidance. We had coaching. We had like all we the made things. Friends that were also on the same mission. Drea 100%. became one of my best friends, and I was like, "We have the opposite problem. <laughs> like, you are really good, Drea, at your diet, and I am really good at lifting weights. Yeah. So we became like best friends because I needed her to tell me, "Don't eat that. That's not worth it." Right. right. And she was prepping too. And I needed to push her and be like, lift a bigger weight, girl. Like, I know you're smaller, but you could lift a bigger weight. So you need support. You need tools. You need an environment that you can thrive in. And I think for us, I remember driving to the first bodybuilding competition. We stopped to go to the bathroom because we had to drink a gallon of water the day before. A couple gallons, actually. And I remember we stopped from here to San Diego and we went into Dick's Sporting Goods to use the restroom. And we both came out and we were like, look at my abs. Oh, my God. And we were just like watching our bodies transform because we were doing the whole depletion thing. Right. And it was one of those things where like we held hands and like finished the last leg of the trip. And you said, 
I am so proud of us. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't believe we did this, whether we win or not. Like, look what we won. Like, yeah. we won the best shape of our lives. We actually stuck with it. And we could not have done that without supporting each other. Right. Like, if I was over here kind of just like, uh, I don't really care about the gym. Like, ah, uh, yeah, I don't want to eat broccoli every time you eat broccoli. <laughs> Like, I'm going to get tacos with the kids. It had been so hard for one of us to, like, survive and stay committed and be disciplined without the other one also willing to make those sacrifices. Yeah, and, and I, it's just a powerful thing. I was talking to someone today, and they were telling me that they there's these races that people do mm-hmm. where they go from Santa Monica to Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and they're a team, and they're an RV, and basically they run legs of this race mm. Uh, until they get to Las Vegas. Well, it's 300 and something miles, mm-hmm. right? So I was talking to him. He said, yeah. I said, how many miles did you run? He goes, I ran about th- 36 miles. Oh, God. And I, he said, there were times I was running in the middle of the night. There's times that I'm running in the early morning, Jeez. right? And so I was like, wow. He said, you know what, what was crazy? And this is where we had common ground. And he said, I learned so much about myself. Yep. And he said, and the people I did it with, we lifetime friends mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it was such a powerful thing. And so we're not telling you about this story around getting in our best shapes ever to tell you, oh, wow, yeah, you can get, you you know, we were in bodybuilding competition and we look great. Yeah, because we got in great shape, but then we got in shitty shape. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're out of shape, I'm out of shape. Right. If I'm in good shape, you're in good shape. That's what we do here. Right. It's a team. But it's a team. But at the same time, like, I, I think it's important that all of you listening to this Take an opportunity in your life and say, I want to get myself from a physical standpoint in the best shape of my life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a bodybuilding competition. It can be like, hey, I want to run a marathon. I want to do something. Because the thing you learn about yourself, you can never, ever take away. Right. And to the women out there, the moms out there who have never dedicated a year to great fitness, what would happen if you felt like you were in the best shape of your life next year? The absolute best. Like I'm telling you right now, the discipline, the pride you'd have, you'd just be unstoppable. It would be incredible. What what would people used to, do you remember what people used to say when you tell them how many times you ate or what things you ate? Oh, they thought I was crazy. They were like, my husband doesn't even eat that much. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what to tell you. Your husband's not getting on on stage. I am. So I'm eating the chicken, right? (laughs) I ate so much and I just, I didn't like it. So what happened was after we competed, we did a second show. We both won trophies. We both won first place. It was a great accomplishment. Our kids were there to cheer us on. I remember them saying how proud they were. That's another kind of sidebar. You should do something to make your kids proud. Yeah, that was You huge. want them to win honor roll and, you know, scholarships and do good in school. Well, you need to do good in life, too. Like, when was the last time you got a report card and put it up on the refrigerator? That's, yeah, that's huge. That's big, right? And so we try to do things where we're like, able to brag to our kids, right? I remember when I turned 40, I was like, I'm going to get a physical. I'm going to get a colonoscopy. I'm going to get a mammogram. I'm going to get everything. And I was talking about those results like it was my report card that I put on the refrigerator because right. those little broads need to know I am in tip top shape. did Jasmine shape. go right after you did? Yeah, but like yeah. the thing is, is do something to make your kids proud of you. Stop just demanding excellence from them. That's, um, yeah, I think that's, that is that a was thing a I think. a touching yeah. moment for us. Yeah, because for them to see us like, achieve something like Mm -hmm. that, I think it gives them far more 
confidence to take on things than constantly telling them what they can right. do. Right. And I we've said it before, but I'm so proud. Each of our daughters has their own workout routine. Jordan just joined Orange Theory with me. She and I are hustling. Like we're on the same tempo when we work yeah. out, you know, and people comment like, oh, wow, that's your daughter. Like, that's so cool. You guys are coming together. And I'm so proud of her. Jasmine's got this amazing workout routine. Like she knows that it helps her mental health. She's got more confidence than she's ever had in her life. And it's just unwavering for her. Like even during finals week, she's like, I have to walk away and go to the gym for 45 minutes. It's good for my mental health. And she looks great. Kayla, same thing. She came home for the holidays. I'm like, thank you for not gaining your freshman 15. Like you look really good. She goes, yeah, I walk all over Scotland, (laughs) but great. That's your activity, your cardio, you know, and she still works out too. So I just think that the point of this episode is if you want to, you know, accomplish big things and maybe it's around your body, maybe it's like, maybe you're inspired now that you heard this, like what would happen if you dedicated one year of your life? I mean, you've been eating tacos and churros and whatever it is, hot wings, mac and cheese. You've been saying yes to all of the things that you love for the past, what, 30, 40 years. What if for one year you were just like, God, I wonder how I would feel if I was in the best shape of my life. I wonder (laughs) how I would think like, could, you know, would I have more confidence? Would I, would I feel better about myself? Would I love to go shopping? Would I love looking at myself in the mirror? I bet Mm. you would take more selfies. I bet you would want to document, you know, photos or holidays with you and your kids or whatever. There's just so many things that would come out of you dedicating some time to physically and mentally becoming better. And when you're getting healthy, you're not depriving yourself. Like that was the thing that I really got to me was when we would talk about what we would eat, people thought we were depriving, like we were were deprived of all the food. I was super nourished. Yeah, we made food tastes good. Mm-hmm. There's ways that you can season it. There's ways that we, even when we were doing paleo, we were making like um, sweet potato pie. Mm-hmm. We were doing all these different things. It was just a different version. Yep. And so I think that that mindset that people think about when they think about getting into the, the healthiest shape of their life is that it's going to be this painful. Yeah. There are times when it's painful. You're working out, you're exercising. But what I, are you becoming? Yeah. What are you becoming? You're mm-hmm. becoming a person that understands who you are, understands the discipline, what you actually can do when Mm -hmm. you put your mind to it. And I think that when I think about that, I think about all the things we've achieved from a business standpoint, I always go back to that and I go, I don't know if we would be able to do those things if we didn't learn that about ourselves. Yeah, the discipline was huge. The discipline that we took with us that we said, hey, we don't eat the same way all the time right? as we did then. We don't exercise as much as we did. But we did take that discipline and knowing that when we need to lock in, we can lock in. Yeah. Well, I definitely felt after that. I was like, I could do anything. (laughs) Literally. I mean, come for me. What? Like I could do anything because look what happened when I set my mind to it. And so I think the point of this is, is if you want a support system, if you want to create a goal and kind of stick with it, then we're going to invite you to join the Pusher Society. You can go to wearethecopelands.com. You can go to janellecopeland.com. Click on the Pusher Society. Learn all about it. And get in here. These are the conversations that we go deeper on and we share our strategy. We read books together. We cheer each other on. It's just a great support system. It only costs $24 a month. If you don't have the friends around you to push you, then maybe you got to buy them. Yeah. Just kidding. You got (laughs) to pay for a community. Yeah. Just come and check it out. It's a $24 investment. So Yeah. And then you can follow us. This month, we're going to lose 10 pounds each. 
Yeah, I'm worried. I'm going to tell you, I don't have a problem cleaning up my diet because I'm going to go to New York, eat all the fun things. And then I'm actually getting a late start because I'm coming back on the third. But that's okay. I can still I'm going to. This is not a competition, honey. We're doing this together. It's always a competition. But we both have to lose 10 pounds. And everybody knows that guys are going to lose way faster. Jordan even said she goes, Mom, that's not fair. (laughs) Like out of the gates, you're going to lose. I was like, no, it's not who loses the most. But yeah, that, it's going to be a challenge for me, but I know what to kind of cut out. And I know that it's like, okay, it's 30 days. Be my best for 30 days. Yeah. And it, I, the could thing do for, I could I can, do anything for 30 days. A hundred percent. And at the age that we're at right now, the period of time of our lives right now, we've never lost 10 pounds. And so this is going to be something new. Yeah. I've never lost 10 pounds in April, 2022 <laughs> <laughs> at almost 44 years old. Never right. done that. Never done it. But I tell you, I could do it. hundred percent. You can too. So if you're interested in joining us, please get into the Pusher Society again. Go to wearethecopelands.com or janelcopeland.com. Follow along with our journey. Do it with us. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Push through. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time, push through.